This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I get to pastor the coolest church on the planet. Come on now, guys. Thank you for your generosity, man. All right, you got any keys in your pocket? Anybody got any keys in your pocket? Get them out for a minute if you would. You might want to keep them. Now, do not lay them down and blame on me. I, I want to hear them for just a minute. Now, I wonder how many doors all of these keys unlock. I mean, how many... How many let me just ask you to be honest. Does anybody like me who has a key on your key ring that you're not quite sure what it's for? Okay. Can I tell you that you have a key in your spiritual arsenal that I don't know if you know quite what it's for? I have keys on here that I'm just emotionally attached to. It's sad, but it's true. But while I'm preaching tonight... If God starts speaking to you about the keys of your life, don't, don't be afraid to use your keys. That's, that's, let's just say amen. amen. There's a reason. There's a method for my madness. Because you need to understand the power of the keys that the kingdom of heaven has brought into your life. Father, tonight in this moment that I bring them this word, Lord, I thank you that your presence is here and your goodness is with us. Open your word to us tonight so that we might become what you want us to be. We want to be instruments that you can use, workmen not to be ashamed, who rightly divide the word of truth. And Lord, I thank you that as we go into this study for just a moment tonight, that you're going to grab hold of someone's heart the way you grabbed hold of mine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to try to behave tonight. I want to bring you a message entitled, The Master Key or Master Key. Revelation chapter number three, if you've got your Bibles, I want you to open to several passages tonight. Open them to the last book of the Bible, the third chapter of that book, Revelation chapter three and verse number seven. I want you to study this. I want you to look at this. When God began to deal with me about this topic today, I literally thought that's not good enough. I want to give them a deep teaching tonight. That's not good enough because all he showed me was a glimpse in the beginning. And I said, Lord, that's a devotion. That's not a sermon. That's a devotion. And then the Lord reminded me that I know nothing and he knows all things. And he took me on a journey through the scripture that opened something honestly that I, I can't tell you that I've ever paid attention to before. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 7, I'm going to read to you from the ESV for just a moment. It says, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write. Now let me just, for those of you who are new Bible students, it's not talking about Pennsylvania. Come on, amen. All right, this is, this is uh, uh, the city of brotherly love. Uh, uh, that's what that means, but it is uh, the original. The words of the Holy One, the true one. My goodness, how can you read that without getting excited? The words of the Holy One, the true one, who has, watch this, he has the key of David. And that's what God 
caught in my spirit. He has the key of David who opens and no one will shut and who shuts and no one opens. Man, isn't God good? We serve a God. How I many you know a God who opens doors no man can shut and he closes doors that no man can open? The tomb of Lazarus was shut when Jesus declared for it to be opened. It was opened and it could no longer hold its contents because we serve a God who opens what others cannot open. Can I get an amen? I want to I wanna try to teach you what the Lord showed me today. And, and if you would just bear with me for just a moment as we go through this study. Many of these doors uh, uh, that, that, that are either opened or shut, listen to me, they don't just swing open. When God is going to bring you to a door that needs to be opened, uh, uh, unfortunately, it's not as easy as it seems sometimes. Sometimes you do walk up and like a door just goes, boom, here you are and you step in. But many times what happens is God brings you to a door that he's going to open and instead of it swinging open, God gives you, God gives you the key to open the door. God gives you the key to open the door. It's almost like a movie plot where a key is found and no one knows the significance of the key until they're in the hidden passageway and they see the, the, the hidden lock there and they think about the dimensions of the key and they think about the hidden lock and they realize that they have acquired the key that will open the door. I, I, I'm not even in my sermon really yet, but I've come to tell somebody what you think you are doing spinning your wheels in when you're progressing in God. What God's doing is showing you I've already given you the key to open the right doors in your life. God's already given you the right keys to cause that door to open, to make a shift occur. And what I want you to understand is like those movie plots that, that, that we are equipped. You know, recently some friends and I, or Christine and I and some friends went to one of those escape rooms. Come on now. You ever felt dumb? Realize you just paid somebody to lock you in a room. I thought my brother used to do that for free. Come on, amen. You paid somebody to lock you in a room. But in this escape room, what I found out and what we learned when we didn't know when we went in, a significant part was to find the right key. And sometimes it was a key, and other times it was a code that was the key. But you had to find the key or the code to unlock, listen to me carefully, to unlock more revelation. Because you were trying to get to a destination. You were trying, in our case, we were trying to solve who was guilty of a crime. And we were trying to get to a destination, and with every key and every code, more revelation came. We took some wrong turns. I wish you could have seen it. You had to crawl from one room into the next room through a fireplace. I did it twice. I was, this big old man was down, I mean, it was not pretty. After the second time I went through that fireplace, a voice came on the speaker and said, Sir, it's okay if you walk out the door and <laughs> go through the other door. Come on now. It was not a godly sight. You see, we took some wrong terms, made some wrong assumptions. Listen to me. But eventually, 
with each new key, the end became more clear. Now in this passage of Scripture, it points to not just keys in general, but it points to the key of David. Listen to that. It points to the key of David as a master key. A master key that will open doors that will provide clarity, listen to me, and direction for our next steps with God. It's pointing toward a key. And when I started this study this morning, I did not know where I was going in this study. I found some heresies about the, the, the key of David. I found some rather boring uh, articles about the key of David. And then I began to study the depth of the word. And so the first question when God makes something leap off the page at you is you want to find with something like the key of David, I want to teach you this for just a moment, you want to find the very first place in Scripture that it's mentioned. And so I said, okay, where was it first mentioned? And it was first mentioned in Isaiah chapter 22. If you want to turn in your Bibles there, I'm going to read a couple of verses there. In Isaiah chapter 22 and beginning in verse number 20. So as I'm studying, I'm like, Lord, okay, reveal to me why I can't go to what I thought I was going to preach about tonight, and you keep making me say, what is this deal with the key of David? What is the deal with the key of David? And the Lord took me to this passage, the very first and beginning uh, a quote concerning the key of David. Isaiah 22 and 20 reads like this from the New Living. And then I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Hilkiah to replace you. I will dress him in your royal robes and I will give him, listen to this, your title and your authority. Can I tell you just on a side note that just birthed in my heart by the Holy Spirit, the problem that you have is you're not fighting the battle in his power and in his spirit. You're fighting it in your name and in your authority. But God wants to give you a key that's going to unlock the opportunity for you to stand and say, you might come to me with spear and a sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord because it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by what? My spirit, says the Lord, and he will be a father. Speaking of Eliakim, he will be a father to the people of Jerusalem and Judah. I will give him, this is the first time we see it mentioned, I will give him the key to the house of David, the highest position in the royal court. When he opens the doors, no one will be able to close them. I'm trying to jump ahead. When he closes doors, no one will be able to open them. I'm just going to run ahead for a moment. When the doors of God are opened in your life, I don't care how bad the hounds of hell might try to chase you and pull you back to your yesterday. When God opens a new door for your life, it cannot be closed. Come on now, amen. Now what we have here is a prophecy about Eliakim, who is to be this leader, this high priest figure, who wore, watch this, he wore, I think it was very important, he wore the key of David upon his shoulder. 
Okay? He wore the key upon his shoulder. Pastor Don, what is that? It's kind of silly to wear your key. I mean, I'm imagining one of those people who got one of those pulley things and it goes right back, right? He wore the key where? On his shoulder. Why? Because it was a sign to all that in his position, where could the leader, the high priest go that others couldn't go? There was not one at this point, but he, if there was, he was the one who was given full access. He wore the key upon his shoulder as a sign that he could go anywhere and open anything. Now you've got to understand what's happening in Isaiah 22. There's a litany here going on of a prophetic utterance that's pointing somewhere. And he says, all right, Eliakim, you're going to become one. And you're going, Pastor Don, what does this have to do with anything? I'm trying to teach you. Stay with me. He is wearing this key. Some of you go, I wouldn't wear a key on my shoulder. I don't know how many of you wear those little keys around your neck. Come on now, man. It's a new, it's a new trend. When I was a, a kid, it meant you were a latchkey kid. Come on now, man. That's probably not politically correct to say nowadays. Come on now, man. But they put a key around your neck, and it meant you were going home by yourself. But it showed that he had authority. It showed, listen to me, that he had the ability to open. And Scripture said it right there, that what he opens, no man can close, and what he, what he locks up and closes, that no man can open. I'll say it again. Eliakim was given an all-access pass. The key upon his shoulder was a symbol, watch this, it was a symbol of authority on his shoulder, sort of like a... Strike. It's like one time back years ago, I was the chaplain for the Dawson County Police Department, and and I had been out doing some chaplain things that day. I don't remember what it was, and and I knew I was coming back here to the church, and and they had, were doing some road work right down here, and and as they were doing some road work down here, they had placed signs in in a place that was going to make the parents picking up their kids from school here very very dangerous to pull out into 53. And I remember going to around the corner, and they were up there where the, the vet's office is now, and they were all parked there. And I, I just pulled up, and I got out, and I said, you know what, maybe if I'm nice, they'll, 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 they'll take care of this for me. And I just stepped out, and they all jumped out of their trucks. And I said to them, I said, guys, I don't want to bother you, but the signs down here are making it unsafe for the children to be pulled up and picked up from school, to be to, to pull out from school. And they looked at me and they said, oh, we're, we'll take care of it right now. We, we're sorry, we'll take care of it right now. And I got back in my truck. And I said to myself, I, those were the nicest men I've ever met in my life. I wonder why they were so quick and expedient to do that. And I reached down to put my key. And when I did, I realized I still had my Dawson County Sheriff's badge on my chest. They were jumping as fast as they could jump. Because upon my shoulder was a sign of authority that opened whatever needed to be opened. Come on now. Listen to me. It was a symbol of governance. 
What was it a symbol of? Governance. So he has the symbol of governance upon his shoulder. Where? Now, I'm not sure if that reminds you of another passage from the book of Isaiah or not. But about this point, I was getting a little excited. Because if you'll turn over to the ninth chapter of the book of Isaiah, there's a verse you might recognize. Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. Watch this. And the government, the governance shall be upon his shoulder and he will be called wonderful count i don't even need the rest of this verse to preach this message but i'm gonna read it anyways and he shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end he will reign on david's throne wearing the Key of full access. David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from, the from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And I'm getting more and more excited because I'm like, God, certainly there's something better than that when I stop there. God, there's got to be something that's a little bit different than that for tonight. And all of a sudden, I'm beginning to see something. Because what I understand is that Eliakim is simply what the Bible calls a type and a shadow, a sign pointing unto the ultimate high priest that who would have the ultimate all-access pass. I want you to get this. He would have the master. Can I tell you what the Lord spoke to my heart then? I want you to get this. If there is nothing to open, the key is a worthless tool. If there's no, What good is a key that the lock no longer exists for? What do you do with a key when the lock no longer exists? You toss it. When Jesus is seen by John the Revelator, He does not show a key for which there is no longer a need for. But He shows a key. And you've got to understand all the dimensions of that. We're not going to get into that. That opens up heavenly realms and heavenly opportunities and heavenly destinies. You see, what good is a key that has nothing to open? Because if there is nothing to open, the key is simply a worthless tool. But what Jesus is showing us and what's being pointed to for us, listen to me carefully, is that Jesus is in the business of opening impossible doors and leading us to impossible places. Some of you go, but Pastor Don, you don't understand how bad my situation is. I'm locked down, shut out, and I'll never get anywhere for Jesus. Let me explain to you. You don't understand the key of David that is an open, all-access opportunity that can take you where you cannot go on your own. It will bring you places you cannot step into on your own. I'm not there yet. I'm sorry. But, but I'm, I, I got gas on my fire. Because here's what Jesus 
said about the key that he carries in Revelation 1 and 18. He said, I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Let me translate that for you today. Come on now. He said, I went where everyone goes to the grave. And then I used the key. Come on now. And I did what no one else can do. I came back from where everybody goes and I did what no one else can do. I'm trying to preach a sermon here, but something's bubbling up inside of me. You might have went down a road that everybody else went down, but I know a God who has a key who wants to move you to places you cannot go on your own. Amen. Amen. But Pastor Don, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. Praise God, Jesus has the key. Come on, amen. Now, here's the other side of that. Jesus didn't just say, I have the key. Open your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Some of you already know where I'm going. You're getting excited. And now Jake's put it on the screen. You already know where I'm at. Matthew 16, verse number 19. What did Jesus Say, I have the key. <laughs> I have the key to what you cannot accomplish on your own. I have the key to your victory. I have the key to your deliverance. I have the key to your hope. I have the key to your joy. I have the key to your, your good night's sleep. Come on now. Amen. He said, I have the key to unlock what you cannot do on your own. And what did he say in Matthew 16 and 19? And I will give... You, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you, watch that, here it goes again. The key of David, whatever the key of David has, whatever it opens cannot be closed. And whatever it closes cannot be open. Read it like this. He said, I give you a key to the kingdom, the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you close on earth will be closed in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in the heavens. What he says is this, I am going to give you access to places that you don't deserve to be. But what, <laughs> what happens when you're somewhere you don't deserve to be and somebody comes up to you and says, why are you here? Somebody pulls up to you and says, what are you doing here? Do you know what the best answer is? I have the key. You see, I can hear what they say. You're somewhere, somebody like you, doesn't deserve to be. Let me just put it real practical. I'm somewhere right now. Somebody like me doesn't deserve to be. And somebody says, why are you 
there? And who gave you that key? Come on now. Who gave you that access? And let me just declare to you, my older brother, the one of whom I am a joint heir with, Jesus Christ has given me access to do things that in my sin I could have never done. But because he made a way where there was no way and he closed down my yesterday and he opened up my tomorrow, there is hope for me, man. My goodness, I feel this. God's speaking to us. You are not supposed to be locked up. If you came in here tonight locked up with sin, locked up with shame, locked up with bondages, locked up with addictions and struggles, bound, pushed down, what are you going to do? You need to understand something. Let me just say this. What's your answer? Wherein is your hope for what binds you? I, I don't know how to say it other. There's a key, baby. Come on now. Amen. There's a key that will open every door, that will open every lock. I, but Pastor Don, you don't understand this. This bondage has had my family for six generations. But you don't understand the key of the anointing of Jesus Christ breaks every yoke of the bondage of sin. The problem is he uses the wrong key. When you started praying, things are going to start happening. You say this way, when you start praying, you're using the key. When you start calling on the name of the Lord, get ready, doors are about to open. When you start pushing in prayer, what you're really doing is inserting the key of authority. But Pastor Don, I don't know how to push in prayer. Let me explain it to you this way. Stop going to God like this. I don't deserve to be here. And start going to God saying, Father, search my heart and you see everything that's wrong. And now by the blood of Jesus Christ, I claim my forgiveness. And now I declare, watch this, I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I am a blood-bought child of the King. And as you start declaring who you are, all of a sudden you begin to declare, the devil will not have my family. The devil will not take my life. He will not have my health. He will not. Come on now. Give God a praise like he deserves tonight. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we have the, the key. Come on now. Somebody better come play something on preach all night. When you start praising, come on now. The chains start falling. When you start, somebody goes, Pastor Don, I need Bible on that. Well, Paul and Silas were in a darkened room. And about midnight, they began to sing hymns and praises unto God. And suddenly, what happened when they started praising? They took a key of all authority and open access and put it in the atmosphere. And when they unlocked the atmosphere, the doors and the chains fell off. Amen. Somebody go, my, you just don't know where my joy is. No, I know what your problem is. You're using the wrong key. I have a problem. I am emotionally attached to my keys. <laughs> There's a key on here. I can't even tell you which one. I can't actually. I can tell you it's right there. Do you know what this key works? Nothing. This is the key that I let myself into this church with for about 20 years. You know why I don't work anymore? We tore the 
building down. You know what the problem I find is? I keep walking up to this door with that door's key. And I put, it doesn't work. Stupid door. That's the way it works almost every morning. Stupid door. Come to that key. It's not the key's fault. It's I'm trying to use yesterday's key to unlock today's door. I told you I had a word. God. Stand with me. I'll preach all night. Kids are going to be ready to go home, go to bed and crying. But I'm not done. The enemy says, listen to me carefully. I'm prophesying over somebody. The enemy says you will never walk into the calling that God has for your life. There's a wall of shame and failure that blocks the way. Can I tell you what you need to say? Step aside. I have the key. For upon his shoulder rests the key of the house of David. That there is not one door that, see, you've got to understand, it's the master key. There is, you go, but Pastor Don, certain keys on certain doors. None of you don't understand. A master key works on every door. Now listen to me. Let me close with some instruction on how to use the master key. The master key can only be used to move you forward, not backwards. That's the most powerful thing I think I've said all night. Stop trying to use the blessings and freedom of God to go back and visit yesterday's sin and because it's not going to work that way. The master key exists for one reason and it's to move you to new developmental stages of faith and, and discipleship and service and calling and anointing and purpose and destiny. So you can't use the master key to go back. You have not been given a pass to visit your old haunts or your old hood. I still have the, this key on my ring here that is trying to, trying to, I don't know why I just, I forget to take it off. I, I, and I keep trying to use that old ring, but that key doesn't work because it doesn't work for where I'm trying to get today. I'm speaking to somebody's life right now. Bow your, bow your heads. Somebody needs to, I don't want anybody paying attention. Don't be looking at somebody else like, that's for you. Your charisma might have helped you in your old life. Your talent may have opened the doors for you before. But as a matter of fact tonight, I want to be clear. You need to stop trying to open the doors with your old keys. Those doors have closed. Remember, God closes doors to protect us, to redirect us, and to keep us from less than his best. Walk up to the door of destiny with the key of authority that has been granted to you by Christ Jesus and get ready, get ready, get ready to see the door open. Thank you. 
That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at Warhill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now. Thank you.